what happened to Twins reliever Jorge Lopez after the trade deadline? And most importantly, can the Twins count on him for 2023? It's all coming up on today's episode of Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Monday, October 31st. Happy Halloween. I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Again, this is Nash Walker. Three seasons hosting a daily podcast on the Minnesota Twins. Four seasons writing about the Twins at twinsdaily.com. I am in a Vegas hotel room, so if I sound a little different, it's because... I took out my microphone, I brought it on the trip, and it smells like fire in the USB port. So I'm recording on my computer. Uh, Microphone will be back, I promise. So I apologize if there's any uh, audio trouble on your end as you listen today. But uh, we're making do, and we're here to talk about Jorge Lopez and what happened to him after the trade deadline. And most importantly, can the Twins and can Twins fans rely on the all-star closer in 2023? It was interesting, and and the day of the trade, I woke up to it. I was in Palm Springs, and I woke up to it, and I was really surprised. And the reason I was surprised is because this front office does not invest in relievers like they did in this trade. And it wasn't just about 2022. We expected them to go out and get relievers, and I thought it was going to be rental relievers. They did get one in Michael Fulmer, but Jorge Lopez is under team control through 2024. So they essentially had two, two and a half, you know, 2.3 years left of team control on Lopez. And they paid a significant price. Cade Povich was having a really nice year in the minors, big time strikeout numbers, lefty, you know, one of their maybe handful of best pitching prospects in the system. I would say that second wave beyond Varland, Woods Richardson, Balazovic, beyond that wave, it's Povich, it's Raya, you know, it's a it's a whole nother group. And Cade was a big part of that. We had Cade on the show, also a great kid. And it was uh, it was surprising that they they invested in Lopez the way that they did. But at the time, we knew the Twins were in first place. Their bullpen was a mess. They needed a lockdown late-inning weapon, and they needed really two relievers. And at the time, I said, hey, they got two. You know, they got a late-inning weapon. He was an all-star closer, was Lopez. And then they got Fulmer, who I really like too, as a sixth, seventh-inning option, also a guy who can pitch later in games when you need him to and had been doing that for Detroit. So I thought it was a good pair of acquisitions at the trade deadline. And Lopez comes out, pitches the next day, one, two, three, ninth inning. We hadn't seen one of those in like a year other than uh, Yohan Duran. Early returns, at least in his first outing, looked really strong. And then I think what happened with him, I think there's a lot of factors at play here and a lot of things we have to evaluate. It's not as simple as This is a guy who had a six-something ERA before this year, before he was moved to the bullpen. He's just going back to who he was. I don't think it's that simple. I think there's a reason he struggled prior to this year, but we've seen so many pitchers move to the bullpen and their careers are revitalized. Their career 550 ERA ceases to matter. Look at Liam Hendricks. I always use him as an example because he's legitimately one of the best relievers in baseball and he was a failed twin starter prospect. Now he's one of the best relievers in the league and he's pitching for the twins rival, you know, in late innings in the ninth inning. 
it can happen for a lot of guys. And the difference for guys like Liam Hendricks and I hope guys like Jorge Lopez is they have the stuff to make it work. They move to the bullpen, the stuff plays up, and they're even better, much better in some cases, in that role. So I don't think it's as simple as they moved Lopez, it didn't matter, he's still the same pitcher who's been terrible his entire career, this is who he is. No, but I do think there's a reason he had a high ERA. I think there's things he has to work through as a pitcher, and that's as a starter or as a reliever, things he has to work through on that end and will continue to have to work through pitch mix, location, you know, control, command, all of those things come into play. But I remember watching him last year pitch against the Twins in 2021, and I was like, this dude's stuff is electric as a starter. And then, of course, he moved to the bullpen, and his sinker was already 96-97 as a starter. Now it's 98-99 as a reliever with tons of movement, and he was truly terrific in the first half for Baltimore. And I know that beyond what he did as a pitcher, he meant a whole lot to them as a leader. Like He was a leader of that team. Uh, Connor Newcomb, who hosts the Lockdown Orioles podcast, told me, he was highly respected in that clubhouse. Like he meant a lot to the Orioles and the Orioles meant a lot to him. So that's a factor in this. I think that he moved mid season. He had a buck 68 ERA when he got traded to the twins in 48 and a third. I think that's a factor that he was comfortable there. He was pitching for a team that had no expectations, you know, Baltimore going into the year, not expected to win. And they did. And they started winning, and he was a huge part of that as their closer. And they had this chip all year, like a special year kind of chip. He moves over to Minnesota. It's a first-place team with now expectations to make the playoffs and win in the playoffs. And that's just a completely different mindset, I think. And there's a whole nother set of expectations on him as a pitcher that, that just weren't there as much in Baltimore. I think that's a factor. And then he just wasn't throwing strikes. I mean, almost six walks per nine as a twin compared to 3.2 as an Oriole. I really think from a pitching standpoint, that's that's the key for me, like the, the throwing strikes. He just wasn't throwing strikes, too many walks. He was hitting guys, he was, he was getting in on righties, but he was hitting them, and that was the difference in, in Minnesota and in Baltimore. In Baltimore, he was getting in jamming guys for the twins, he was hitting guys. And we saw that in key moments, you know, in Chicago against the White Sox, in extra innings. We saw it in Cleveland. He got beat around because he wasn't throwing strikes. You know, two walks in that outing at Cleveland on September 19th. He just wasn't throwing strikes. And we saw that far too much in his time as a twin. He can get away with it. His stuff is good enough to get away with it. So what happened on the stuff side? Because you can look at the walks. You can look at the the poor command and and hope for better. And I think there's evidence that that will improve but the most important thing to me is, did the stuff decline? Because if his stuff declined, it's game over. There's no hope. So was there any stuff decline? What was the pitch mix, pitch mix problem? And what can we expect from him in 2023? That's all coming up after this word from Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, 
MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online is where the game starts. Again, bet online. The platform is so easy to use. I know there's there's a lot of places you can go, but no place like Bet Online. You can use it on your phone, you can use it on your computer, and you can literally do anything you want. It's your number one source for betting football and the start of the basketball, hockey, so many seasons getting going, and the World Series. So much to play, so much to bet on. Go over to betonline.net. Bet Online is where the game starts. Jorge Lopez, pitch mix when he became a twin. What they saw, and Rocco Baldelli said this after a game, he has a pretty nice change. And he said that. It wasn't verbatim. But he said he has a pretty nice change. Because Jorge Lopez was a starter, he has a deep pitch mix. But what we know is that that pitch mix didn't really work for him as a starter, clearly. But what he had to learn as a reliever is what pitches to use and what counts when you're only throwing one inning at a time usually, or a one and a third, or one and two thirds, sometimes two innings. You know, that's a lot different than starting a game and having to work through a lineup two or three times. You have to change your mix. So I think for Lopez, he relies heavily on that sinker, and he did all year long. As a twin, we can look at September. It's a full month we had of Jorge Lopez. Sinker, 52.5% of the time. The batting average on his sinker was at 261. Expected batting average was 236. The WOBA, the weighted on-base average, was 327. Expected WOBA was 352. So expected to be more damage on the sinker, but less hits. We saw a lot of worm burners through the infield. Also some hard contact, I think, caught in the outfield. But the swing and miss rate on that pitch was only 7.5%. And for comparison, in June, the whiff rate on his sinker was 18%. So he just he ceased getting swings and misses on his sinker. And Parker Hageman pointed this out brilliantly, as always, on Twitter. When Lopez joined the Twins, he started throwing the sinker low in the zone, and there was a lot more contact on it. He was up more with Baltimore, up and into righties. And then, I, again, I think what happened to him, when he's at his best, it's like any sinker slider reliever, any sinker slider pitcher, when he's at his best, it's going to be that hard 97-98 right on the hands, but you know fringe of the zone, if not in the zone, to right-handed hitters. And then he sets him up for the curveball. He throws a slider. He throws the change. He threw his slider, shocker, more as a twin than he did in Baltimore. And I think we'll see that again in 2023. But he's got a, a curveball that graded out wonderfully in September. High spin rate curveball. The changeup, the twins like the changeup. It got beat around a little bit, but expected numbers on it were way lower than the actual numbers in September. So he's going to throw the changeup. He's going to throw the curve. But it really starts and ends and the slider as well, but it starts and ends with the sinker and and where he's locating the sinker because it sets up everything else in his arsenal. I want to hang my hat on a, a part of Jorge Lopez as a twin that was actually encouraging. There weren't a ton of hard hit balls. It felt like against him, you know, average exit velocity on his sinker in September was 86.7 miles an hour. On the curveball, it was 81.2 miles an hour. Jorge Lopez is kind of a pitch-to-contact reliever, but the difference between Baltimore and Minnesota is that his strikeout rate was not even in a, a realm that you can be comfortable with. Like As as an Oriole, he's still pitch-to-contact. He's still getting a ton of ground balls because of his sinker, but his strikeout rate was so much better, and the whiff rate on his sinker was so much better. 51 strikeouts and 178 plate appearances in the first half, only 21 in 120 plate appearances 
in the second half. So the strikeouts just diminished in a huge way in the second half, and he had 16 walks to 21 strikeouts after the All-Star break. Before the break, 15 walks to 51 strikeouts. I do think location, command in the zone is a large part of that. It's it's so important for him. He's going to get swings and misses up. He's not going to get a lot of swings and misses on the sinker down in the zone because it's just so much easier to get on the fastball up to get whiffs than it is to, to get you know sinker whiffs down in the zone. So a big a big part of this is fastball is up even if it is the sinker. He's gonna get a ton of ground balls. Like the ground ball rate was was great and he's that's gonna continue, I think, in 2023. Where's the swing and miss? You know, ground ball rate was 58.5%. That's well above league average. The swing and miss is the key here. Can he get back to where he was in the first half with the swing and miss? bunch of factors like I said I, I I get frustrated I think when I see the takes you know that oh they traded for a terrible pitcher before 2022 that's true I mean that's not that's not false he was a poor pitcher before 2022 but when you have stuff like this and you have results to back it up even if it's just a half season you know half season of all-star level results You've shown that you can get outs with your stuff if you locate. And if he locates, if Jorge Lopez locates, and we even saw it in his last five outings, he didn't allow a run with the Twins. When he's locating, he's super tough. And I thought he looked his best as a twin in those last five outings when it didn't matter. But his fastball is in the 95th percentile for velocity. Expected slugging percentage this year, 85th percentile in baseball. Barrel rate, 88th percentile. You know, Hard hit rate, 86th percentile across the board very very good it's the chase rate only in the 27th percentile the whiff rate 39th percentile the swing and miss is the difference maker for Jorge Lopez it is for a lot of guys but it's the difference maker for him and why I'm hopeful is he has the stuff to get swings and misses it's not just the fastball when he sets it up he's nasty and we saw it at points with the twins we saw it a lot when he was with Baltimore I honestly thought Lopez was unattainable. I was like, why would Baltimore trade him? And then I see again, oh, they traded him because they they sold high. I think that's true. They did sell high on him, and it's almost always smart to sell high on relievers. They they burn bright and they fade away fast. It happens to a lot of guys, and it's possible that it's going to happen with Jorge Lopez. I'm not selling out on him though because I love his arsenal. I think his arsenal and his mix is disgusting and with a good offseason where he figures it out you know goes to goes to the well goes to the lab figures out what works and what count against what handedness against what hitter that's going to help and then just consistent command like he had all first half last year essentially with Baltimore until Byron Buxton walked him off at target field that's that's going to be what separates Jorge Lopez from being you know a mop-up guy in 2023 and being that true late inning weapon the twins thought they were getting for the next two and a half seasons and now for the next two seasons Jorge Lopez is is vital to the back of this bullpen and we went over this with Yuan Duran on Thursday but if you have Yuan Duran and Jorge Lopez gets back to a version of who he was if you just took his season on the whole Jorge Lopez on the whole this season with a great first half and a not so great second half had a 254 ERA in 71 innings and almost two wins above replacement 
if he replicated that season, but more consistently, you would hope, and he doesn't explode in the second half, if he replicated that season, 254 ERA and 71 innings, that is a late inning weapon for the Twins. Just overall, 254, you know, FIP was higher at 342, had a, a much better infield defense in Baltimore than he did in Minnesota. But that that would be a great season as a late inning reliever. And it was for him. It just wasn't with the Twins. He had a 437 ERA with the Twins and his FIP was higher as well. But that would be that would be big for them to have Yohan Duran and another option in Jorge Lopez back there. And that's that's what we thought at the trade deadline. That's what I thought. That's what I said. I titled an episode that the Twins bullpen is now a strength. And it didn't turn out really that way in the second half. I thought they pitched okay. They just stopped hitting. But it, it didn't look like a strength. And that's with this team, I'm going to wonder all offseason, what is their strength? I could see it being many different areas. And if it's going to be the bullpen, if you tell, if you tell me right now, Nash, in 2023, the Twins bullpen is going to be their best, their biggest strength. That's going to be the best unit they have. You look at the offense, you look at the defense, you look at the starting rotation, you look at the bullpen. The bullpen will be the best group they have. I would say I would put a lot of money. I'm in Vegas, so I'd put I'd put a lot of money that Jorge Lopez is a huge, huge, huge part of that because he has he has the upside to do it, and we've already seen it, just not as a twin. If he can replicate the season he had and he's more consistent we're going to love it. I mean, I think that's going to be a great outcome for them and paired with Yohan Duran. Nasty, we talk about floor, we talk about ceiling. The floor of that group is high, and I failed to mention Jorge Alcala on my last show. I apologize. But with Alcala back too, the upside in his arm, 97, 98, 99, can get to 100. You have Griffin Jacks. You have Caleb Thielbar. All of a sudden, looks like a good group. And Lopez is is a wild card within that. With With this trade too, this needs to work out for them because I think there's a there's a good chance that Cade Povich is going to be a major league pitcher and maybe it's just a mid-rotation starter. I always stress though that it's important to have mid-rotation starters. If you don't have mid-rotation starters, you, you don't have anybody. I mean, unless you got five aces, but you need depth in your starting rotation and I think there's a very good chance that Cade Povich becomes that for Baltimore, that he's in their rotation for an extended period of time. They called him up. He got beat around at double A, but I'm still a big believer in him and his arm talent, and he's striking out a ton of guys in the minors. I think he's going to be good. It's important that Jorge Lopez is good because this front office invested in him for two-plus seasons, and the bullpen, I don't think, unfortunately, because partially because they traded for Jorge Lopez, they're going to dump a bunch of resources into the bullpen. A, they rarely ever do it. And B, I think they're going to hang their hat on Lopez, on Alcala, on Duran, on Jackson, Theobar. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but they need it to work out if that's going to be the case. They need Lopez to get back to the guy he was in Baltimore for the first half of 2022. Hopefully the infield defense improves in some areas in 2023. I know that Gio Urshela looked good at third. The metrics didn't like him. Obviously, Correa is exceptional at short, but he had you know, career low metrics essentially as well. At short, Jorge Polanco healthy should help uh, hopefully throughout the year. And first base, Luis Arias is a gold glove finalist. Do with that information what you will. But hopefully the infield defense is better next year 
within the metrics and with the eye test and that helps Jorge Lopez because I think he's impacted a lot by the defense and maybe more than any other pitcher on the twin staff hopefully that's the case for him I'm hopeful that Jorge Lopez can be the guy he was in 2022 over the full season and just be it more consistently but the the command has to stay consistent he's got to find those locations he did in the first half with Baltimore the stuff is there the stuff is there to succeed at a super high level and he's already done it so it's just it's about getting back there having the confidence and getting more comfortable as I as a twin I think all of those things will help there's a lot of factors at play here with him but uh, none of which are least important I think they're all important and I think if you can get them on track huge storyline for 2023. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every single day on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. For your second listen today, check out Lockdown Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Lockdown can provide. Lockdown Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day. Hopefully, Soon, the microphone troubles will be fixed. We'll be back on YouTube. Thanks for hanging with me. Have a great day and go Twins.